0: Hey, podcast pet parents, you've got plenty to do and don't need more to worry about, especially when it comes to pets. So try Wonderside, a spray that kills and repels 100% of fleas and ticks and replaces spot drops or pills which have nasty ingredients. Because it's plant-based, it's safe around kids and can be used on dogs and cats of all ages. Oh, and it smells amazing. Try it for 20% off at wonderside.com slash podcast with coupon code podcast. That's Wonderside. With a C.
1: The Guardian.
2: Silicon Valley is a hotbed of drama, and we've long been fascinated by the cult figures at the top.
1: He stepped down, but after he read the details of his entire ouster, splashed across the front page of the New York Times, he was not happy and and tried to fight his way back in for a few months. To no avail, but still... (laughs)
2: The story of Travis Kalanick, the former CEO of Uber, is a cautionary tale for anyone who thinks they can bully the press, pressurize government officials into rewriting the rules, and disrupt their way around criticism. Because rest assured, if there's a shady underbelly, somebody's going to start digging.
1: My point has always been like, if you want people to not dig into your weird projects, that don't name them something that sounds like a James <laughs> Bond movie, right?
2: I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and this week I'm sitting down with Mike Isaac, technology correspondent for the New York Times, whose book Super Pumped tells the story of the rise and spectacular fall of one of Uber's founders. This is Chips with Everything.
1: My name is Mike Isaac. I'm a technology reporter for The New York Times and author of Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber.
2: Being a tech reporter for the New York Times, you cover a range of Silicon Valley's biggest companies. Mm. So, why did you choose to focus on Uber for your first book? Were you more interested in the company or its former CEO?
1: I (laughs) well, it's probably a little bit of both. I think I started covering Uber in 2014, but by 2017, if you can remember, it was just their nightmare year. They had you know scandal after scandal going and. For every tech company I cover, they usually kind of have it together at the top, or there's some sort of solidarity around leadership, but towards the end in this, it was basically a giant knife fight, and everyone was trying to like backstab each other. Sort of like the com- combination of Succession meets Silicon Valley, the TV shows. I don't know if they have, do they have that here?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, we have television Do you have here. television here? <laughs> um, producer Danielle, actually, when she was reading the book, she was so enthralled by it. All kind right. of like it was this collection of scandalous stories. You explain this at the end of the book, but how did you get such good access to the stories you tell within?
1: Oh, man. I think a few things. One, if you're doing a book, you have probably a little more leverage on who's going to talk to you, you know? And, like, I think for, like, daily articles, people can be a little more skittish or you might have to lean on certain sources. But when I was – I just sort of announced that I was doing a book, it's basically like, look, I'm going to write the account of what what happened and you either can – Tell your side of it or you can let someone else tell their side of it, you know. And I think it really scared people into talking to me, which is kind of the the way it works a lot of the time.
2: Is there also an element, do you think, of people just wanting to get their name on paper?
1: <laughs> Definitely. I think there's probably something more powerful about a book and like whatever it means to be like in that. And look, I think a lot of people don't look great in this book, and some maybe look better than others, so they probably wanted to make themselves or explain themselves.